What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 64. My name is Josh Tall. I'm joined by my good friend, Brett Roberts. As always, Brett, how are you? I'm doing very, very, very good today, Josh. Very I'm not good tired. today. Not tired. I'm not tired at all. Neither am I in a second here. Let's I uh, uh, slurp down some dubby. Yeah. Speaking of, I normally do it later, but use code slick at checkout for 10% off. I have a little bit of have to tell about dubby, but I'll wait until our ad read to talk about that. Okay. But uh, I'm glad I'm glad you're good. Your your energy is going to give me energy because I'm quite tired. I worked from home today and I got to take a shower, a quick shower after I was done work. That's why I, I was a little bit later than usual and hopping in our call. But mm. um, I feel refreshed. I feel our good. Our call? What are you talking about? The stream. Sorry. To me. Yeah, before I took my seat here. Um, I mean, you saw me walk to the shower, so. It's not the only thing I saw. Well, I'm very happy to be here. I'm feeling good. Uh, and we have a lot of things to talk about. This week's episode of Have to Cast is a little bit uh, later in the week than we usually yes. do it, which means there's a lot more to talk about than usual. Yeah, which is ni- a nice side effect of, I guess, doing it later is that, you know, normally no- we have been doing it on Monday. My schedule's been all over the place, right? So I'm like, because I'm juggling 80 million things right now currently. I yeah. am in pre production for a show I'm directing in the summer, I'm in production for a show that I'm starring in in that made me sound conceited uh show that i'm in um i do have the lead role in it though uh and then uh working and then also doing this stuff and also trying to work on a script that we're working on uh and also trying to play elden ring (laughs) so it's a lot so my brain is fried but well listen i'll say this i liked mondays mondays were good Mm -hmm. tuesdays i liked even better Yes. I felt like for some reason Tuesdays news was just dropping. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I like Tuesdays a lot. Is that it? That's all we've done, right? Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah, this is our and first now, Thursday, quote unquote. Thir- Thursday, I'm liking because although we're not as quick with the news uh, in terms of getting up the content, you know, as soon as it happens, we have so much more to talk about and a lot more time to digest right. that news. Yeah. So for sure. Um, but yeah, so for the next three weeks, I believe, start, starting this week, it's 6.30 on Thursdays, um, for anybody that was wondering, uh, pinned on our Facebook page and our Twitter and all that stuff. So we appreciate you all being here, whether you're watching live or watching on playback. Um, we picked up some new subscribers, which has been really, really nice. Um, you know, our videos have generally been doing uh, much better lately. Uh, you know, for us, we're still very small, but so it's 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 all good trending in the the right direction, and uh, we're glad everybody's here. We have a pack show tonight, Brett. Of course, we're doing our media consumption update as we always do. That might be cut a little bit short because one of our main topics is going to be talking about, of course, Elden Ring, which we're both playing. Uh, yep. We have the Abysmal Chronicles for you. So, uh, lots of upcoming video game releases. One specifically, I want to just talk about <coughs> for a second in there. We're going to talk about Amazon Luna and a couple other things, and of course the. Uh, uh, invasion of Ukraine by Russia and how it's impacting the gaming industry. And then our main topics, we are, of course, talking about Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7, all getting PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S upgrades uh, for the current-gen consoles. Uh, that is our main topic for the day, so stay tuned for that. And then we're going to be doing a review discussion, review in progress, whatever it is, uh, of some very significant playtime we both have in Elden Ring. Uh, really, yep. really excited to talk about that with you. Um, and then Indie Intel this week. No game, 
but definitely an indie title that is Shelby Oaks, which is a film that is going to be directed by uh, YouTube famous reviewer Chris Stuckman. So, Brett, without further ado, why don't we hop into our media consumption update? Let's hop right in. Mm-hmm. Josh, I watched a film with you over the weekend. It was not my first time watching it, but it yes. was my first time in quite a while. Same. Probably the first Jackass. time since the last time we watched it together. <laughs> Probably. Uh, and that would be Jackass number two, which is arguably the best uh, entry in the series until four. Correct. I concur uh, with your uh, analysis there. What a film that movie is. Incredible film. And, uh, you know, it's cool, too, to watch these movies with our friend Steven, a friend of the show, Steven, uh, who used to be on the show, who's going to be coming on in a few episodes. uh, 69, he said he wants to be on. So, (laughs) you know, we'll see. Um, But it's cool to watch it through his eyes uh, because he's right. There's actually there's way more of like a filmic quality to them than people give them credit for. Like, yes, there's the gags and the jokes and the crudeness, but they always have like these really cinematic intros which i believe jackass 2 might be the first one they did that with i don't know if number one had like a big over-the-top intro like that uh, uh not as cinematic but i think they did have a big intro where they were all inside a shopping cart a big oh you're right i forgot about that yes yeah uh, so they had a set piece if you will mm-hmm. um but it's been really cool um and the movies they yes they're crude but they are so they're so entertaining man and that's all they need to be so yeah there's something about watching guys hurt themselves and their friends just laughing at them while they're in pain. You know, <sighs> Just guys being dudes. Guys being dudes. Dudes rock. That's right. All right. Uh, besides Jackass number two, I've also been playing some games. We're going to be talking about one of them later, and that is Elden Ring. I'm very excited to discuss Elden Ring with you guys. Mm-hmm. Give my thoughts and opinions. Uh, truthfully, I haven't played a single lick of Horizon Forbidden West. Uh since the last time we did the podcast, I think it was out at that point. Um, I have not even touched it. I know you have not only touched it, but uh, have finished it. So yes. I'll let you talk about that. And I've also been playing in my spare time, uh, which I don't have much of right now, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which, uh, wow, I am going hard right now in that game, trying to complete the Pokedex. And there's a little bit of news that I'm going to break later. Um, or not oh. break, but we're going to discuss later. Sorry, hold on. Not breaking news. Uh, I'm going to talk about it later. First. But it, but, but, but. <laughs> it's uh, a new update that just came to uh, Pokemon or Legends Arceus that is going to make completing the Pokedex even easier. Oh, so nice. very excited about that. Very cool. Uh, and then TV and anime, uh, Righteous Gemstones, the finale just dropped and I watched it and that show is a 10 out of 10. And even though I saw some of the twists and turns coming, they still found a way to make it entertaining. And it almost didn't even matter that I knew what was going to happen because very it was cool. just good. Yeah, I still got to catch up on that myself. <clears throat> yeah, and then uh, last but not least, uh, I don't mention this much. I mean, it's in our set a little bit, but I'm a big wrestling guy. I'm wearing a Jungle Boy shirt. Uh, I watch All Elite Wrestling AEW. Huge fan of that. And uh, last night, Dynamite was fantastic, as it was yeah. the week before that, and I've, as it was. I've heard and that. I watched some highlights last night, and uh, yeah, it's good. The uh, CEO and owner, Tony Khan, purchased Ring of Honor Wrestling, which in a weird way has we, interesting we, ties to us we should do we should do a video on that sometime just discussing the quite, quite literally abysmal chronicles of our experience in regards to ring of honor yeah 
I've never watched. Well, I've watched some Ring of Honor, but I've I've never actually been like a huge fan of Ring of Honor. But we have me and Josh have this weird. We, we, we have a fan from Ring of Honor of us, you could say. Every yeah, that's true. Um, I don't want to say much more than that because we might do a tell all one day. But yeah. yeah, so Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor, and now All Elite Wrestling is going to use that possibly as a bargaining chip in order to get an HBO Max tv deal or a streaming deal where they're gonna have all their content on there pay-per-views maybe free on hbo max which would be yeah, fantastic that'd be nuts uh all that ring of honor that's 17 years worth of content that they're gonna be able to have on there and their top guys cm punk brian danielson uh i think adam cole was part of that the bucks uh cody rhodes all these guys were in ring of honor and have very important histories in ring of honor so it's going to be really cool for them to be able to show footage of you know if there's two competitors that were both in Ring of Honor, when they do the video package of them fighting in AEW, they can use footage from their first matchup like 10 years ago. And that'd be a cool parallel yeah. to see, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, very excited about that. And I am going to be going to a show, uh, an uh, AEW show in Philadelphia in April. I don't know the exact date, but if you're going to be there and you watch the show, uh, let me know and I'll meet up with you and I'll uh, give you the sympathetic suck off. And besides that, I am done. Okay. Um. I don't really have much else to add other than I beat the main uh, storyline of Horizon Forbidden West. I have done most of the side stuff. I have like a few four or five trophies left um, for the Platinum. Uh, just like some small uh, sub things that I have to do, uh, like challengers and stuff like that. So I'm really close to that. Um, I beat that. That game is incredible. Uh, the story is ins insane. The ending, you thought the ending to the first game was like, oh, come on, dude. The ending to this game is like, you fucking kidding me, man? It's uh, good. It's the best narrative in any open world game I've ever played. Wow. So that says something. So that's all I can tell you. I did all of like the main side quests, uh, which, of course, rope into the campaign, just like the first game. Uh, they're really yeah. worth doing. Game is beautiful. It runs great. I didn't encounter like a single glitch, no visual glitch, not a bug, no crash throughout my entire 45 to 50 ish hour you know play of it thus far which is Damn. nuts the game works i know there were some bugs and issues that people have reported um nothing major from the most part uh but i didn't experience any of them uh it was smooth and incredible and uh yeah good game isn't it incredible what you can do when you optimize your game yeah and i really think uh well, this is the antithesis of the other thing we'll talk about later, at least in my experience with Elden Ring. But um, I think those la those few months delay really took the game from being great, you know, which uh, a good state, which it was probably into a nearly impeccable state that it shipped in. Um, and PlayStation hmm. can afford that because you know it's their games, and they'd rather they'd rather you know get nineties and have people happy with the game than you know get sevens and it not work for people so is it safe to assume then that you believe that the cross-generational aspect of it does doesn't hold it back at all yeah i i think like i mentioned last week on the show i think it still is like a true showcase for the ps5 they found a way to optimize it for every potential platform that you could play it on um and that's a very good thing and uh, i mean it PS5 has features that are not possible on PS4 or PS4 Pro. Um, yeah. And it just, you know, as a, what's his name would say, uh, it just works. <clears throat> Very nice. Anything else? 
Nah. Okay. Well, Josh, I think then uh, it's time to move on to the Abysmal Chronicles, which is our segment where we talk about the latest video game news, uh, latest video game releases, uh, stuff that was just, in terms of the news articles, stuff that was just too abysmal to fit into the main show. Uh, so we're just going to run through a list of, of games here that are going to be releasing this week. Babylon's Fall. Wait, you need, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? You need to play the music. Oh, we were just going <sighs> to skip that this time, but. Uh, no, no. Yeah. That's right. Okay. That's right. So the Abysmal Chronicles uh, video game releases this week, ladies and gentlemen. Babylon's Fall is releasing today, March yeah. 3rd. And you know who made Babylon's Fall, right, Brett? I don't know anything about Babylon's Fall. Platinum. Oh, Platinum Games made a new game. It'll be coming out on PC, PS5, and PS4. Uh, Beholder 3 is releasing today on PC. Gran Turismo 7 uh, releases on PS5 and PS4 tomorrow, and mm -hmm. actually getting quite good reviews. Yeah, very good reviews. A return to form, it looks like, for Polyphony. Yeah, I was seeing high 80s, mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. Gunboard Dark Matters is coming to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Switch uh, tomorrow, March 4th. Music Racer Ultimate is releasing for PS5 and Xbox Series S and X on March 4th, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Quest for Infamy is releasing on PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch uh, tomorrow, March 4th. Mm -hmm. Triangle Strategy is releasing on Switch tomorrow, March 4th. Uh, Josh, have you heard anything about Triangle Strategy? I played the demo. Reviews? I played the demo, Project Triangle Strategy or whatever it is, uh, and it was interesting. I haven't heard anything... Uh, in terms of reviews all i know is that there was a subset of people that were really excited about it but i don't really know much more than that okay the next one i'm very confused as to why you added but i'm going to say it anyway uh jurassic world evolution 2 camp cretaceous dinosaur pack dlc which is releasing for pc ps5 xbox series snx ps4 xbox one on march 8th yeah i added it just so i could hear you say jurassic world evolution 2 camp cretaceous dinosaur pack dlc okay well, there you go. Zip, zop, zippity, bop. That's all we got for you in the video game releases section. Let's move on to news stories. Uh, this one is quite interesting. This is something that we have bagged on in the past, something that I never thought would actually come to fruition, but it's here and it has launched, and that is Amazon Luna, the game streaming service. Josh, I have very bad news for you. It works, dude, and it works very well. That's really unfortunate. <clears throat> I was really hoping that they failed. And it has a really, really unique uh, business model. So what is that? Let's is run it through the subscription service, or is it included in Prime? So it's an well, both. So it's an a la carte system. I'm going to go through the news article. Luna will offer an a la carte subscription to five channels. And Amazon Prime members will get access to a monthly rotation of games included in that subscription. Uh, Luna Plus will be $9.99 a month. The Family Channel is $5.99 a month. The Retro Channel and Jackbox Games channels are $4.99 a month. And Ubisoft Plus via Amazon Luna is $17.99 per month, which is the same price that Google Stadia customers pay. Google Dedia. So I have one more little piece of news here, but so you're understanding this correctly, Josh. 
basically there's different plans you could sign up for different channels and each right. channel has a series of different games themed for that channel so the family channel is going to have family friendly games for 5.99 a month retro channel is going to have retro games on there for 5.99 a month the jackbox channel which is going to feature every jackbox game including the ninth one which is launching later this year uh for 5.99 a month oh we forgot uh, to include that and our games are playing Jackbox. Anyway, continue. Oh, yeah. We did just play Jackbox 8. eight. Yep. Anyway, sorry. Good. Very fun. Yeah. Uh, and Ubisoft, the weird thing is Ubisoft Plus, $17.99 a month. That's a lot. But, yeah. I mean, if you're getting a big library of Ubisoft's games, that might be worth it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if it's included in Pro... Can, now, can you use any controller with it? Uh, I don't know. I'm assuming Yes. Okay. Uh, let me go. I'll go one more step forward, and then I'll I'll talk about my experience. So, the Prime Gaming Channel, which is if you have Amazon Prime, debuts with uh, Luna Access to Devil May Cry Five, Observer System Redux, Fogs, and Flashback, and those games will be free to play for for Prime users from March eighth to March fourteenth. Uh, that's actually not true. Oh no, I'm sorry from now until March 14th, I believe, or the rest of this month. And then from March 8th to March 14th, Prime subscribers will also be able to play Ubisoft's Immortals Phoenix Rising. Hmm. So, I was just on Amazon at work. I clicked on Amazon to buy uh, some, some gear for work. And my friend, I saw a little advertisement that said, Luna available now. And I said, oh yeah? Yeah. So I clicked on it. I saw I had, you know, the five games or whatever, four games available. And I instantly just clicked Devil May Cry 5. My man, the game literally booted up. I literally was able to play Devil May Cry 5 with very minimal lag, mm -hmm. you know, input lag and just like visual lag um, at all at work on my work computer. Hmm. And it worked and it was good. So. Wow. Here's what I'll say. Didn't look very good. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the fidelity of the graphics were, it looked sure. like someone just smeared like a, Vaseline it looked like someone, like Vaseline, not even Vaseline, like someone took a dryer sheet and just like put it over the mm -hmm. screen. You know, it was a little fuzzy. It, it just wasn't very uh, crisp. Yeah. I would say it's very reminiscent and it's, it makes sense. It was very reminiscent to how PlayStation Now games would look when you would stream those. Yeah. Um, just like not HD, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, listen, it's really cool. It's cool that you can play it in your browser. I don't know if you can use your controller or not. I was using keyboard and mouse. Uh, I also only played for a short amount of time. But I do think this is pretty cool. Uh, it's not new technology. We've seen, you know, Stadia do this. But I think that the fact that they're giving people, number one, a few games with Prime is pretty cool. And number right. two, the ability to play, pay a la carte and choose what they want. Yeah. Hmm. So, yo, Christian, what's up? No problem, brother. Welcome. Um, do you so here's my thing though still even in xboxes right which works well and i've used it a few times before i download a game pass game I'm like oh let me try the cloud version just to see if i even want to waste 20 gigabytes on my console yeah and input lag is not too bad the resolution obviously is much lower you know than it would be if you're playing it natively but i well, to me when you're playing on a smaller screen it doesn't really matter by the true, way just true so. true uh so that'd be good for something like steam deck maybe something you know things yeah. like that but my thing is like that I still don't see the future in video games. I don't see a future in 5, 10, 15, 20 years 
where we're still not sitting either at a computer desk or on a couch and playing a video game with a controller or yeah, a keyboard I mean, the, or mouse. The fact that it needs internet is the is the problem. We don't have the infrastructure in America where not yet. the internet's good enough. Which we you know? should. That's a whole other thing. But you know what I mean? I just so I mean it's cool that it works. Um yeah. and you know, I, I wish the best of the developers behind that tech for Amazon. Um but uh again, you know, I don't see a future with that. And I still am apprehensive about these big tech companies getting involved in something that they don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there. Uh, one thing that I can say, though, is this is definitely something that is very like, I don't want to come off as an asshole here, but it's very like normie friendly. in the mm -hmm. fact that you can literally like, just load things up Netflix style on a computer browser and play. Mm -hmm. uh, I can see things like the Jackbox channel being extremely oh, yeah, popular. For sure. And that Extremely. is that is the market that maybe they should focus on more. And maybe they are, I guess, is the more casual market. Because something like that yeah. where like, oh, yeah, hey, I have my laptop and we're all, you know, I don't know, doing whatever. And we don't have like a console or anything else to play it on. Let me pull this out. We can boot up Luna and here we go. You know, let me plug yeah. it into an HDMI to my TV or something. I don't know. I, I mean, we're huge fans of Jackbox, and we've yeah. bought every, or our friend has bought every entry in the in the series. Yeah. With this, you pay five ninety nine a month. You, I mean, we could we could just pay once five ninety nine and have a night of amazing fun, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. These are like thirty dollar games, forty dollar games exactly. that we're paying five ninety nine yeah. for, right? Yeah, and just like uh, Christian says, seems like a good option for low income families or college students at parties absolutely and for well, the huge install base of people that already have a prime subscription true uh i will say though not so much for low income because low income people they would still need a good internet connection in order to play these games that's true uh so yeah that goes back to our point of the infrastructure isn't quite there yet right um internet should yeah, be free for everybody at least one gig internet speed to as well so i should say that's a um, conversation. Anyway. Yeah. So the games, I mean, the the several games, one, two, three, four, five games they give you, or four games they give you for free, and Immortal, Phoenix Rising. Uh, obviously, the standout would be Devil May Cry 5. Uh, I've heard good things about Observer. It's a yeah. cyberpunk-esque game. Mm -hmm. uh, Fogs, I've gotten for free, like, on multiple different things already. And yeah, uh, Flashback. Have, we have that on Epic, I think, or something? We do. Yeah. And I've never heard of Flashback. Um, Immortals Phoenix Rising, I heard it was pretty good. It was like a, a Legend of Zelda Breath yeah, of the Wild. Yeah, I've so. wanted to play that for a long time, honestly, but yeah. Luna will not be where I play it if I do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, cool for like normie gamers, hardcore gamers might not care as much, uh, but it's still pretty cool and it's interesting to see Amazon get in that market, although I, I wish they didn't, but it's cool. Yeah, all right. Star Wars Eclipse release date is at least five years away, according to a new report. We've heard about this. Now, a leaker is coming forth to tell us that it's probably true. Yeah. So before you say anything, mm -hmm. I want to give you, because I haven't even looked at our notes for this. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't do my research on this one, folks. But I have two things, right? Is one, Quantic Dream had some internal issues and some pressure with uh, their leader, David Cage, right? And bunch of shit with them. And I've heard yeah. there's been some shuffling internally as far as what um, the project actually is in scope. And two, when they did the CGI trailer, like I heard they literally just finished the concept and nothing else was done for the game. And mm -hmm. Lucas Lucasfilm was like, you need to put something out because they're trying. They still have their tail between their leg with the whole EA fucking debacle. So 
So it's interesting you bring that up because that is exactly what we're about to talk about. Um, I knew report, my instincts were correct. This report comes from X-Fire, uh, written by leaker Tom Henderson, who previously oh, leaked... of the show. That's right. Who previously leaked Star Wars Eclipse ahead of the Game Awards reveal. According to Henderson, part of the reason why Quantic Dream announced Star Wars Eclipse so early was an attempt to attract developers to its studio. Quantic Dream has been accused of mistreating its workers and cultivating a toxic work environment, which is likely playing a role in the studio's apparent inability to hire new talent. And if you go on uh, their website and you go to the job postings, you will see that they are frantically looking to hire people right now. So, yeah, makes sense. Um, I, I don't know the specifics of it. I know it surrounds mainly David Cage. Um, but from some of the things I have seen is that he's like David Cage is an auteur, right? Like like Kojima, like like he's those type of people. So you have yeah. to understand there's gonna be a certain level of quality demanded uh from that. That being said, if he is harassing his workers and mistreatment, that is not okay, obviously. But anyway, continue. Yes. 100 percent uh that's all i have for the story okay and I, I know that you uh, are not a big fan of companies announcing these games so far away we are more fans of uh, i call it the fallout 4 uh launch strategy which is when you announce a game and then you say it's coming in like five months or four months and the game comes out so yeah i agree it's just i understand why they do it from a marketing perspective and honestly in this case uh, what they're trying to salvage and you know, hopefully uh, add to the project, but uh, I'm not a fan of it uh, at all. Yeah, so. I agree. Trailer looks uh, cool, but again, CGI. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, if it was just finished, it was like rushed, and we're still five years out. Like that was nothing. That was just giving us yeah. a taste of like what the game, what the theme of the game might be, yeah. or like what the yeah. style. Go, you know, go away until you have something tangible to show. Yeah. So this is something, the next story is something that you and I have talked about quite a few times on the podcast, Josh, and it is new Infamous and Sly Cooper games in development, right. according to a leaker. Yeah, we were the ones that, one of the first people that actually discussed this. Yeah, it's been rumored for, it's been rumored for months now at this point that these, you know, PlayStation classics are going to be revived. Mm -hmm. We were kind of speculating on what it was, and now we're getting a leaker coming forth telling us it's going to be Infamous and Sly Cooper, so... This is coming from Screen Rant, and they say that Twitter user account NGT claims that a new Sly Cooper and Infamous game are in development, but it is tight-lipped about if those games will actually be developed by Sucker Punch or another studio entirely. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, they note that another PlayStation event could be coming soon, one where these new Sly and Infamous titles could be revealed. So, before you continue... Mm -hmm. uh. I think that Sucker Punch has multiple teams within them, just like Naughty Dog does, just like Insomniac, um, Insomniac does. Insomniac has four teams, okay? Yeah. They haven't confirmed that they have four teams working. Uh, it's not far-fetched to say that um, Sucker Punch has three teams working. One, they're making Ghost of Tsushima 2 right now. I'm telling you, it's happening right now. They're making another infamous game. I'm telling you, it's happening right now. And they're making another Sly game right now. They are all internal at Sucker Punch. I'm telling you for a fact, 100%. Hell yeah. Okay. So that's it. That's I it. think the, so I personally think if I were predicting how this is going to come out and how this is going to go, I think infamous is going to be more of a bigger first party, you know, awesome, cool game 
that's going to be taken very seriously. I think that the Sly Cooper game is going to be more like the first Ratchet and Clank game where they are trying to reboot it. They're trying right. to put it out. They're trying to see if people are interested. It's going to be a, well, it might not, they don't do this anymore, but I was going to say it'd be like a $40 game rather than like a $70 game. Um, and there was like a canceled Sly Cooper movie that was going to come out. So I think like all of these things are going to play into that. I think it's going to be very much like uh, Ratchet and Clank, the first one. Spot on. Cool. I agree. Uh, no, while nothing has been confirmed by Sony or Sucker Punch about either of the franchises, it's worth noting that Account NGT has been proven reliable in the past with reports of upcoming titles like Hogwarts Legacy and last month's Gran Turismo 7-focused PlayStation State of Play. Rumors of a new Sly Cooper sequel have been circulating on and off over the past couple of years, with the most recent one coming from Xbox era's Nick Baker, friend of the show, who once suggested, uh, maybe not, who once suggested that a new developer could be taking the reins for Sly's next adventure. Meanwhile, infamous fans have had their hopes raised with an infamous domain name update from Sucker Punch last September, but that. things have been quiet since. Yeah. I mean, maybe Sucker Punch could have contracted out Sly. But I don't really think there's any way that that isn't made internally or at least in the first party ecosystem and certainly not without oversight by Sucker Punch. So I would have to agree with you. Um, and then before we move on here, Brett, while we're still on the topic of Sucker Punch, Christian says in the chat, Ghost of Tsushima 2 screams it. You agree? Uh, do I think that they're going to make Ghost of Tsushima 2? Yeah, the game did really well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he also said, uh, Ant from Save Before Quitting Podcast, shout out to them. Uh, Ant thought that the Spider-Man 2 trailer at the Game Awards was infamous at the yeah. start, and and they got very ored. Yeah, uh, I mean, we haven't had an infamous game since the beginning of the PS4 era. You it's know, interesting it's been eight he years. says that, because the article I was reading, that I or the Game Rant article, or Screen Rant article that I pulled this from, mentioned that infamous fans got their hopes up when they saw that trailer at the at the event. So, you're not the only one, buddy. Everyone thought that. Yeah. Okay, well, the next one is a little more serious. Uh, we're going to talk about politics a little bit, kind of, but not really. Uh, we're going to talk about the Ukraine and Russia conflict that's happening right now, um, because there have been some things in the gaming world that are tied to this and, mm -hmm. you know, things moving forward. Josh, if you don't mind, would you just briefly um, explain your background and, you know, relation to the Ukraine? Because I know you do have a, a family tie there. Yeah. Born uh distant not distant but a little bit removed relatives there um half of my family has background uh so that's you know my personal i guess tie to it um it's not good <laughs> uh it's certainly really not bad um I don't want to get too much too political with it because we're going to talk about it in the context of games. But, um, you know, we're not warmongers. We don't want any war of any kind. We've lived through enough in our lifetime already. Uh, it's a terrible situation. Um, the human toll is just getting started. Uh, people are saying, you know, we're five days in and there's been X, Y, and Z. Um, if this continues, like it probably will. Uh, ultimately to the total uh, destruction of that country uh, because no other country can really get involved without risking nuclear annihilation, to be honest with you. Um, you know, that's the extermination of a people, and that is really, really terrible. Uh, independent, sovereign nation. 
you know imagine if that happened to the united states and it's this is you know the doing of one human being and uh you know it's not anything against the russian people uh, who are also going to suffer greatly for this but it's impacting the gaming industry uh wholeheartedly at a human level and it's really terrible so let's yeah uh, i think it sets it sets a terrible precedent for uh, the future uh you know what if they were to invade another country you know what if we're at a standstill we can't do anything because of the fear of of nuclear war right right so right not fun but uh what is fun is video games and that's what we kind of do to take our minds off of all the bad stuff that's going on in the world and unfortunately this is leaking into that mm-hmm. so of course we are going to talk about it so first and foremost uh ukraine's vice prime minister has asked playstation and xbox to block russian accounts uh, as depriving Russia and Belarus of modern commodities may help motivate a peaceful end to the incursion. Yeah. I don't know about that. That's that's what I'm going to say about a lot of these things, except for any private companies that are getting involved in this, like Disney, Xbox, PlayStation, um, Apple. I don't really think it's going to help. I, I mean, I understand the sentiment. I truly don't think it's going to do much, uh, and I don't think Putin gives a shit. And I the think only, that... sorry, go ahead. And I just think ultimately you're hurting the normal people in those countries with things like this. And then at one point, do you stop? At one point, do you be like, okay, you know, we'll give you back this access? I just, I again, I, I understand the sentiment behind it. I understand why the vice prime minister might ask for it, um, but I don't necessarily think it's going to have much of an impact. <laughs> it's very unfortunate that. We have to do things like this in order to hurt the Russians because we know, as as you've mentioned, that not it's not everyone in Russia; it's one right. man. Right. Uh, it's that government. So right. it's a shame that we have to kind of fuck over this whole right. nation of people because of one man. But the whole point is, let's you know fuck that country up every way we can, except with war, with fighting, mm-hmm. in hopes that they will be like, we literally have nothing left. We can't keep fighting because there's nothing right. left. We're losing it all, right? Right, right. Uh, but besides that, and I see your point, but besides that, the one thing I, I thought of when I read this headline is there was a story a few years back about how the Taliban and um, what what was the, the terrorist group, uh, ISIS. Mm-hmm. The Taliban, ISIS, they were using PlayStation Network to mm-hmm. communicate to because it was that. untraceable and undetectable. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if that has anything to do with this, but that would certainly, you know, if all of their communication efforts get wiped out, and the only way they can communicate is fucking PlayStation Network, they will yeah. do it. So yeah, it's a good point. Don't yeah. know. Uh, the next one though, it's kind of goes to your your point where it doesn't really do anything uh, directly, but EA Sports has decided to remove Russian teams from the NHL and FIFA video games. Again, I mean, it's not the players' fault. Also, where does that end? When do you be like, okay, we can add you back to fucking FIFA? I I don't know, man. It's uh, taking I, away money from them, I would assume, from their one of their hottest commodities in sports. Yeah, yeah. But besides that, I really don't know how that helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one I think does help quite a lot, and if a company is to do anything, I think this is what they should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pokemon company has released a statement about this whole situation. Uh, we don't have to read the whole thing, but uh, they've donated $200,000 to partners at the a Global Giving Nonprofit Organization. Yeah. So as you know, Josh, there are Ukrainians that are being 
kicked out of their country or they're forced out of their country, I should say. Yeah. By well, the a, Russians. Million, a million plus refugees as of today. They have nowhere to go. They're literally living on trains and subways and their benches and, and wherever they can. So anything that we can donate right now, any anything we could do to help those people that need a place to stay, need food, shelter, uh, I think that is the best thing we can do right now is to support those people. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's what I urge a lot of companies and everybody that can to do is focus on helping the humanitarian side of it rather than fueling any sort of, um, you know, fist bumping violence because, yeah. you know, I think I think the Ukrainian military with the help of allies uh, will be just fine for a little while in that way. So let's focus on helping the literally millions of people that are losing their homes. So Yeah. Uh, another news story to come out of this is that Stalker 2, the video game Stalker 2, has uh, had their production halted. Uh, in a video released from the team, they state, now we are striving to help our employees and their families to survive. The game development shifted to the sidelines, but we will definitely continue after the victory. Uh, is this studio from the Ukraine? Is that... They're based in the Ukraine, yep. Yeah. Yep, they're uh... based in the Ukraine. So the video, I recommend people go watch it. It is uh, pretty cool they talk about the actual development they show a bunch of stuff from the development and then the end they kind of twist in the knife and they show uh footage uh that the team has taken and from the country uh, of what is going on there um and it's really really terrible if you remember in 20 was it 2017 uh the quote-unquote winter on fire in ukraine um the what's the name of the studio there was another pr uh, prominent Ukrainian studio that picked up and moved shop uh, because of that. So there's going to be a lot of, and Christian mentioned in the chat earlier too, a lot of independent studios too, specifically based in Kiev, that are going to be uh, displaced and moved. And who knows if their games will ever get made, even at that point. Stalker 2 I mean, has a pretty, pretty big production team, not just in Ukraine, but also you know globally, people working remotely. Uh, yeah. But the main production was in um, uh, Ukraine, so pretty pretty sad uh, yeah. state of affairs there i think this one just goes to show that uh there's some people out there that are probably upset about this that are upset about a video game being you know delayed because of a, a thing like this but it's important to step away from the screen step away from your computer and realize that there are lives being lost uh yeah. justice is being uh freedom is being taken away justice is not being served uh, no one can help these people right now physically. And, you know, if a video game is all you're worried about right now, then you are truly a sad, sad human being. Yeah. Because uh, the people that make the game are literally having their homes destroyed right now. Yeah. So, uh, and the last, last little bit of news that I have here for you, Josh, in regards to the Russian and Ukraine conflict is that Cyberpunk 2077 developer CD Projekt Red is stopping all game sales in Russia and Belarus. Mm -hmm. uh, not to make a joke out of the situation, but this isn't the first time that CD Projekt Red's games have been removed from PlayStation Network. Mm -hmm. uh, if you remember, they had their games uh, taken down, specifically Cyberpunk 2077, after the game launched and was complete ass. Yeah. Uh, this time, though, they're doing it in order to stop video game sales uh, for people of Russia and Belarus. Uh, I don't think that this is going to do much uh, the average consumer is going to go, oh, I can't buy in Russia. They're going to go, I can't buy uh, The Witcher. Uh, that fucking sucks. What are you going to expect them to do? Excuse me, Putin, I can't play a video game. Please stop attacking Ukraine. I get the sentiment. I don't think it's going to do much. I agree. And also, 
have you ever heard of a B VPN? Yeah. <laughs> good point. So uh, again, point. I, I appreciate the sentiment, but I don't think it's going to do much. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really abysmal, not much to be done about it, but, uh, this is just, I think the beginning of how it's going to impact video games. Um, there's going to be larger things about this, more teams, um, also teams based in, you know, Poland, like CDPR and all these other surrounding countries, um, where Ukrainians are fleeing to, uh, you know, a lot of those people are going to be without jobs too. So maybe give them a job working in your game studio. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's all I got for the Ukrainian and Russian conflict. I do want to say, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you guys. Uh, if you're from the Ukraine and uh, especially Josh, I know, like, like we mentioned before at the top of the conversation here that he does have family ties there. So, uh, you know, we're looking to possibly do something in order to help. I don't know what we can really do. We might do a, a charity stream or something, but um we're definitely not going to just stop releasing our podcast in Russia because that's going to do dick all. Yeah. Uh, so we'll try to raise some money uh, with a stream or something in the coming weeks. Yeah. That's it. All right. Uh, moving on uh, in, in lighter news, uh, there was a Pokemon direct. Yes. For Pokemon day. There was last Sunday. I know I nothing coming... about this. So. Oh, good. Except for but the I... one, one thing. Well, I have big news for you. Yeah, very big news. Uh, so this is coming from Games Radar. They did a whole recap of the event. So first of all, Pokemon Go is getting the Alolan Pokedex. Mm -hmm. Cool. They already had a couple of Alolan Pokemon in there. Now they're going to, I guess, get the whole Pokedex, which is cool. Yep. The mobile app Pokemon Masters EX is going to be celebrating two and a half years, uh, and they're kicking off a massive conglom conglomeration of trainers. Don't know what that means. I'm assuming that just means that they're having an anniversary event where they're adding more trainers into the game. No idea. Uh, Pokemon Cafe Mix, which they incorrectly titled Pokemon Cafe Remix, which is not the name of the game, uh, is getting Pelipper and Victini. So Pelipper and Victini are making their way to Pokemon Cafe Mix, the former offering uh, new delivery features and introducing new Pokemon to the game, and the latter offering a boost to the new puzzle mode arriving early this year. This is a baby game uh, for losers, and if you play it, I don't like you. Okay. Uh, just kidding. Pokemon Unite a game that we played for quite a, a bit there and really seemed to enjoy. Pokemon, you uh, shite. It got some updates as well. So Pokemon Day event happened in Pokemon Unite. Uh, commemorative items will be available, as will mythical Pokemon Hoopa, uh, albeit for a limited time. On top of that, there's a new quick time battle mode to enjoy, and that's not all either, as Nintendo also teased the arrival of Duraludon as the game's next edition uh, albeit yeah. with no date in tow. Christian says you can play 20 to 30 Pokemon now and Unite. Yeah, there's quite a few. Dang. It's been a yeah. minute since we played that, so. Yeah, and we liked it, too. I don't yeah. really know why we stopped, but. Other shit. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. This is a big one for you, Josh, as you are still playing the game. Mm -hmm. Nintendo said it would soon be sending out Oak's letter to players as a mystery gift, allowing them to meet the OG Pokemon professor in the game. More important than that, though, however, is the item will also allow you to encounter the mythical grass-type Pokemon, Shaman. Uh, you'll be able to claim the gift until March 27th. We're going to do that. So the interesting thing about Shaman and uh, the, what is it, Oak's Letter? Yeah, Oak's Letter, Josh, is it was an item in the game, the original Diamond and Pearl. 
and I, it was like an event item, meaning you would have had to go on to like GameStop or right. Toys R Us or something, and they would have had to like give you that item in the game, right? I don't know if they ever actually did it. So they might have given out Shaman as like a mystery gift item, but what this item is, the oak letter, it's like a key item that would then trigger an event in your game where mm. there was like, you know, new dialogue, new, it's like, it was like a mission basically, right? Yeah. And I remember, I, I, I don't think they ever, ever added that whole thing into Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. It might've been in, in Platinum, but when I played Diamond and Pearl, the way to get this Oak's letter thing and the way to get Shaman was using an action replay. You would walk out of bounds at the Pokemon League uh, using action replay, and you would just keep walking, and then you would find the island where Professor Oak was waiting for that, like the spawn, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and you'd be able to trigger the event. So mm -hmm. this is like the first time I know of where they're actually adding this into the game legally, and you'll be able to, you know, do the whole event. So cool. That's pretty cool. That's nice. Pokemon's <laughs> Legends Arceus is getting a Daybreak update which focuses on new investigation causing a number of mass outbreaks. The update will also introduce a suite of new Pokemon battles at the training ground. Uh, and to make the most of this new content, you'll also be able to get 90 free balls. 90 balls. 30, 30 of each. Uh, Ultra, Gigaton, and Jet Balls by using the password Arceus Adventure. I don't even know what Gigaton and Jet Balls are, but all right. Gigaton, when you throw them, they don't go far, but they're really powerful if you use them on an enemy that's not facing you. And yeah. the jet ball is a ball that when you throw it, it rockets really fast and goes oh. far. Christian said, already got the update. Apparently, people are seeing outbreaks with alphas. That's exactly what, yep, that's exactly what it is. Okay. So, outbreaks, Josh, in this game in Pokemon Legends Arceus would basically be a random event. You'd go out into the, into the open world, and a character will say, hey, there's a mass outbreak. You'll go on your map and you'll see what Pokemon it is, and then you go and find it. And it'll be like a spawn, basically, like a, a little nest of that Pokemon. And you catch them all until the mass outbreak is done, and then you're done. But people have been using that to uh, shiny hunt. They'll be able to reset over and over again until they get a shiny. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so now there's Alpha, which are giant versions of those Pokemon that are a lot stronger uh, in the mass outbreaks as well. So. Cool. All right. Yeah, I still haven't played this game yet. I'll we're gonna enter a lull here in a few weeks, where once I'm you know satisfied with Elden Ring and I Platinum Horizon, that I think I'll get back into Pokemon. Nice. Well, you better get started because the last little bit of Pokemon news here, and the last little thing I have for you in the Abysmal Chronicles, Josh, is that Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have been announced. I can't keep up, dude. It's too many games generation nine they have to have multiple teams i mean we know that uh they had a separate team working on brilliant diamond and shining pearl but i mean arceus just launched and we're getting in the same year uh scarlet and violet so we don't know what the game's going to play like we know it's open world uh let me read the little thing so pokemon gen 9 has been confirmed in a new trailer we got our first look at a new region potentially inspired by spain it's described as open world uh, we see a lot of returning Pokemon, but most importantly, we get to see the game starters, a grass-type cat, a water-type duck, and a fire-type reptile. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are due to be released in late 2022. Listen, if you're not picking the starter with the slicked back hair, I don't like you. What's that, the duck? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Whatever one Tim Getty said he doesn't like. Oh, that was the fire one. That's mine. Specifically yeah. because he doesn't like it. 
right. Well, I think all three are really good starters. Uh, I'm right now. I'm going to pick the the fire one, uh, but it all depends on that final evolution, baby. If they reveal that beforehand and I see them and they look bad, I'm picking whatever one looks good. So, all right. <clears throat> that being said, Josh, it is time to talk about our sponsor for today's episode of Hapticast. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, we are sponsored by Dubby Energy. Go check them out at W.GG. Dubby was formulated to give you focus and energy with no jitters or crashes. Their formula contains vitamins, amino acids, and nootropics, including the patented Neurofactor. There's no calories, no sugar, no artificial colors, no fillers, none of the bad stuff you don't want in your body. If you find it hard to work or study, use code SLICK to save on Dubby. Save 10% on your order at W.GG by using code SLICK. Uh, my favorite flavor is Dub Sludge. My bottle. Josh, drank it all. Before we even got to our main topics, Josh annihilated it. Let me tell you something. I did something different with my W this week. And by the way, W doesn't ask us to do this. We don't have to do any of this. Yeah. We're just doing this because we like the product and we can give you guys a code and you can save some money on it and we could possibly make some money back. Yeah. Uh, they don't require us to do anything here except give you a code. So uh, I just want to say that before I preface, I want to say now, yeah. Josh, I did something different with my W. You used less scoops. So I used three scoops last week, way too much, way too sour with the dub sludge uh, flavor. It was ridiculously uh, sour. This week, I used two scoops of dub sludge. However, I didn't use regular water. So here's the deal. In my fridge, I didn't have any cold water bottles. Okay. And I don't like putting ice in here. Do not tell me you use Propel. I don't like putting ice in here because then when I'm on the podcast, I'm sucking up ice and I have to chew it and it's loud and I don't like doing that. So I used grape propel. And my man, it tastes like fucking heaven. It tastes so good that Dubby, if you're listening and you want to do a deal here, I got your next flavor. Because this is dub sludge, right? Dub sludge is sour apple, and there's like a there's a secret ingredient. I don't know what it is, but it's like a sour apple, right? Well, I use grape propel. So my signature flavor, sour grapple. Grape and apple. And that's it. And that's all you gotta tell them. That is all you have to tell them. And now I'm looking in the chat. This motherfucker's using that grape ass propel. Yeah, I'm using the grape propel. That shit is gross. That shit is not gross. And I remember when you got that shit back in college, that's all I drink. That's what I have to say about you and your opinion on grape propel. Anyway, sour grapple, my new favorite flavor of Dubby, uh, but dub sludge is, is the actual flavor. So I just thought I'd put that out there. Christian, I don't have any in here with me, so you don't get any dust. Um, before we roll the intro, I just want to say uh, it's a little. I'm going to do a little teaser. If you made it this far, uh, you're going to get a little something special here. I'm going to show you something, and when I show you, 
That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to show you it and we're not going to say anything. I'm just going to, I'm going to show it and then we're going to roll the intro. Okay. Understand? Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen. Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7 are getting PS5 and Xbox Series X and S upgrades. Confirmed. This is amazing, but I have some concerns. Capcom is bringing Resident Evil 2 Remake, Resident Evil 3 Remake, and Resident Evil 7 natively to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X later this year, with free upgrades for existing users. The three games will receive visual enhancements for current-gen consoles, with free upgrades for those who already own them on PS4 or Xbox One. Capcom also confirmed that the PC version of the game will receive games will receive upgrade patches at the same time as the PS5 and Xbox Series console versions are when they're released. Just type it on my bad. Each of the three titles will be updated to include ray tracing, high frame rates, and 3D audio. And the PS5 versions will also utilize the DualSense controller's haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. So, Brett, this means that four out of the eight mainline Resident Evil games will be officially available on Sony and Microsoft's next generation, current generation, hardware without having to use backwards compatibility. This comes via, I via IGN, by the way. This is so, big news. So what are your thoughts? This is big news. There's also one part of this that you didn't mention that I, I think I read earlier. Uh, Resident Evil 7 will also be coming to PlayStation Plus Collection Oh, later this year. Yeah, I missed that. I didn't see that. So there's a couple of things I, I have to say about this. Number one, love the 3D audio. Ray tracing is always awesome on the PlayStation 5, so I'm very excited about that. Um, more importantly, as a PS5 <laughs> user... The dual sense, adaptive triggers, and haptic feedback is phenomenal. Game especially changing. in a game, yeah, especially in a game like game series like this, right? A horror series. Uh, there's so much that they can do with it. I'm really excited to see how they use it, and uh, that makes me happy. Some things I'm worried about. While I am very excited, I'm worried that the Resident Evil Seven upgrade will cause issues. And here's what I mean by that, Josh. Resident Evil Seven is a game that you can play in VR. Mm -hmm. We've mentioned in the past how great it is in VR, how scary it is in VR. We have also mentioned in the past that not a single PlayStation VR game is a PS5 game. Mm -hmm. 
PS5 games don't have the ability to have VR up at this point, up to this point anyway, right? Right. We have no compatibility with PlayStation 5 games and PlayStation VR as it stands yeah. today. So Hitman, when the new Hitman came out and it launched with a VR, you could only play that on the PS4 version. The PS5 version, you could not do VR. As we know, Resident Evil 8, no VR at all in the PlayStation 5 version or PS4 version for that matter. Um, so this begs the question, will you be able to play Resident Evil 7 in VR still if you upgrade to the PS5 version? Uh, you probably have to run the PS4 app, I would assume. In that case, so you, unless they're unless they're getting ready to change over, yeah, you know what I mean. Which we we for, have no idea. PSVR too. Yeah. Um, my other worry is with the the upcoming PlayStation Plus Collection version of Resident Evil Seven being free, uh, is a lot of people are going to download Resident Evil Seven on PlayStation Plus Collection. It'll be the PS4 version of the game, and they won't allow you to upgrade that for free to the PS5 version. That's another worry I have. Yeah that's happened in the past um maybe but, but overall i mean i'm i'm happy you know it's amazing news i would love to play resident evil 2 remake again um and resident evil 7 honestly it's been a minute since i played that oh well all three of these games were very good looking on playstation 4 yeah yeah so they're so. They're, they released some screenshot comparisons which are here they're very hard to tell because this is a this image is compressed and also you know the recording and the stream is compressed so i can't really tell from these screenshots here i'm also not looking at it on like any 4k like there's not a 4k monitor over here so i don't know but um i mean ray tracing is cool high frame rate always a good thing so yeah and and free upgrades they're going to be free upgrades so I'm excited. Uh, like you said, I'm excited to play them again. It's been a minute since I played Resident Evil 7, so I'm looking forward to, to popping that one back in and, and sucking it off, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a big Resident Evil fan, this is big news. Interesting, I mean, I know that they're just ports, but it's interesting that only the more recently released games are getting upgraded. It'd be cool to see 4, 5, and 6 also getting upgraded, but I doubt we're going to see that. They're going to remake oh, no, 4. Gonna, yeah, I was going to say, we're going to get the remake of 4 yeah so still looking forward to that you didn't see we actually broke some leaky news about that last week or the week before so something like that two weeks yeah. ago i think yeah so all right well that's all i got for you uh i don't have any other thoughts about resident evil Neither except that I. I like that game series a lot and i'm glad that they're upgrading it yeah well next up josh i know we want to talk about a game that is getting sucked dry lately and that is elden ring you're grapefruiting it you're grapefruit and elden ring I, i'm really hooked my man I, I would have to agree got its claws in me and i'm hooked so let's just talk about some some statistics here so before we talk about the we're going to do a review in progress basically okay yeah uh i am almost 30 hours in and you are about 50 hours in which is insane by the way yeah I, ha I had to do some grinding and go get some spells because i'm a spellcaster but and we're still at the same place yeah we've only done two main bosses so so it just goes to show you how much you can do in this game without getting bored and you know yeah. we're at the same spot him and i levels apart but yeah almost 30 hours almost 50 hours right yeah 
so according to data given by the out according to data given to the outlet by game sales data or the gsd elden ring's launch in the uk was larger than call of duty vanguards and horizon forbidden west the latter of which was outsold by elden ring more than 2.5 times wow which is fucking crazy uh and from software's elden ring uh was the biggest launch for a title outside of call of duty or fifa since 2018's red dead redemption 2 those are crazy numbers what's up kevin uh yeah those are crazy numbers hey hall uh yeah man so this game is is not only is it selling well it's also reviewing very well uh on its release date it was at one point the number one game on metacritic of all time yeah so so let's let's get into it a little bit first of all first of all we're both playing on playstation 5 so let's note that let's put a pin in that okay both playing on playstation 5 i want to do i have two negatives and then the rest are positives so let me get the negatives out of the way okay one the game runs like ass not for me but for you it runs like ass sub 60 all the times stutters constantly inconsistent frame rate and frame pacing it feels bad to play a lot of times uh, on pc i know it's even worse the only way to get the game to run at a consistent 60 fps on any platform is playing ps4 and back and pat on ps5 uh, which i'm not doing um because i just don't feel like it but you will admit that the, for some reason the game ran better on my machine when i saw it yes yours looked very it, stable and i don't understand why but it has to do with Maybe I'm running the game off of my, uh, what is it, M2 drive? Maybe it's able to read the data faster? I I have to run it on the internal SSD. It's a PS5 game. I, I'm aware, but I have an internal, an additional internal drive. No, it has nothing to do with that. Okay, no, so I was going to say... No, if it's, it, if... it's CPU, it's CPU side. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's CPU and GPU side. Um, Digital Foundry the only did, difference... did a good breakdown of it. Yeah, the only difference is you're playing disc and I'm playing digital. Yeah, but so I don't get Digital that. Digital Foundry did a very comprehensive, like, 40-minute breakdown of it where they looked at everything. Um, So that is uh bad, Um, and I don't understand... From Software needs to not do their own technical stuff. They need to hire other people to do their technical stuff. They always get it wrong. Um, yeah. I also roping into the technical stuff i think the game sometimes looks really good and i think other times looks like complete ass uh i think they need to update their engine and get better textures and figure it out get other people to do your fucking tech stuff because you're not good at it you've always been bad at it second big complaint is there are still some cumbersome aspects of the game that in a normal souls game i might say are there to not add to the difficulty but to make you play in a certain way thinking about the humanities and things like that which are not present in this game but you have like the furl curling fingers or remedies or whatever in this game and a few other things where i'm like you're just adding a barrier to something where there's not actually a reason like there's no reason for those things to be in the game right like you always can make a million of them so why have it as a feature in the game and there's a few things like that I've also ran into some issues on my horse where if I'm running with my horse, I can't cast immediately. And that's not by design. It's because the fucking game stutters when I go to cast when I'm on my horse. Mm. And it's like, then I, I can die because the game 
hiccuped when I go to cast my spell off of the horse. Gotcha. That's those are the negatives. Okay. I don't really have any negatives right now. Um, I'm like thoroughly enjoying my time with the game. I've had one crash. That's it. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't have really anything negative to say. Yeah. Uh, we know we know some other people have had some network issues, like Dave. Um, here and there. Yeah, we've yeah. had one issue where I joined your game and a, a, a boss just was not there in my game, but he was oh, there in your game. Without the dragon, yeah. So like Josh was like fighting a dragon and our friend Dave and myself were running off in a different direction. And he's like, guys, what are you doing? We were like, what do you mean? We're going to find the dragon. And he's like, I'm fighting the dragon. And we were like, no, you're not. And then he was like, it's on top of you. And we were like, what? And I started swinging my sword and I was doing damage apparently to an enemy I couldn't even see. Right. Yeah. And then it just despawned and has never and returned, by the way. Never returned. Oh, that's very bad. Um, so but I, yeah. I don't have, I don't really have many negatives. Uh, I want to say to me personally, it's the best looking Souls game that they've ever made, aside from Blue Point's remake of Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely the best looking. Sure. I think that the art design is fantastic. The world design, enemy design, everything is fantastic. Uh, I'm loving the way the game feels in the hand, mm-hmm. loving the controls. I'm loving the new jump mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything yeah. kind of leads to one thing. And we've mentioned this before in conversations with our friends. Uh, this game, Elden Ring, is a combination of the best things from all of From Software's games up to this point. Correct. Uh, they've added jumping, which I believe was in Sekiro. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they've just they've taken chances in all of their games, and they've just taken the best aspects of all of them and put them in this. Yeah. And not only that, but they've gotten rid of a lot of the worst parts of all of their games mm-hmm. uh, and made them better. So co-oping was always tedious. And I feel like every game they've made since Dark Souls 2, they've made efforts to make it easier to play co-op with your friends. It couldn't get any easier in Elden Ring to play with your friend. Mm -hmm. Um, The only way it could be easier is if, like you said, they got rid of the items completely. Mm -hmm. And removed some stupid fog walls that make no sense, but... Those were for technical limitations, but I do... Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, It's so easy to play with your friends and to summon other players. Mm -hmm. They've even added... On top of the password function, they've added group passwords now, where if you belong to an online community like a Reddit group or a Discord channel, uh, you could have multiple different passwords set for those groups. That way, their signs show up too. So if you know like there's a group of really good players of Elden Ring online that are always down to help you, you could just make that one of your, your group passwords, and then that person or that group sign will always pop up for you and populate. Um, yeah. It's just... There's so much. It, it's so big. The world is so large. It's it might be the biggest open world map I've ever played, and I mean that in not necessarily a actual surface area standpoint, right? Yeah. But whereas a lot of open worlds have very empty parts of it, you know what I mean, or it's just like, oh, look at this vista. It's really nice, but there's nothing to do there, or there's just check boxes and like little things yeah. to do above the surface. For every square foot, square inch of this game that you see on the top level, sea level, if you will, right? There are things below it, above it, next to it, around it, in it, on it, all over the place, everywhere. The uh, sense of discoverer, discoverability in this game is insane. And yeah. you can spend, and we have spent, uh, most of my time with the game is not doing any of the main parts. 
I, I, I mean, it, there's so much to do and you really, it, ma it makes you discover things and you want to discover things because of how much attention and detail they put in the world, but also the map is never cluttered, cluttered. You only see your sites of grace, you know, points of grace, whatever they're called. There's no check boxes. It's all natural and it rewards you for discovering things and exploring. Yeah, I agree. I think it's by design that they've they've crafted the world in a way where, like you said, you know, it's not like you have to do all the bosses. Like there's so much to do outside of that. And it's like they want you to go outside of that. The one complaint about Dark Souls that a lot of people have is if you can't beat the boss, your progress is halted. You can't play the game, right? right. You're stuck. In this game, it rewards you if you if you you know, give up and go and do other things and get stronger by doing little things, you can then get stronger and then come back to that boss and absolutely rip his fucking head off, you yeah, know? Which we did, the first boss. We, <laughs> That's we, true. The first maybe 10 or 15 hours of the game, we played it like a Dark Souls game, right? We did a little bit of side stuff, but we're like, all right, let's try to do this boss. And we kept failing and we're like, okay, let's just go fucking fuck around for a while and screw around. And then when we came back, we beat the boss, you know, first time pretty much for all of us in the co-op party together. Yeah. Um, and then this most recent boss, we're probably way over leveled for her, but we eliminated her immediately. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. There's and... a lot of things that they've done as well that it goes to the quality of life aspect of it, where I kind of mentioned the co-op thing already, but like even simply like just things like NPCs that could be killed on accident and then they're gone forever and like you just get locked out of a quest line or locked mm -hmm. out of a, a merchant, like that kind of stuff might be still present a little bit, but there are ways to fix it. You know what I mean? It's not like you're ever completely fucked. Right. And I think that's important too for the scale of the game to have you locked out of a certain aspect like that for the whole game, mm -hmm. that whole session would be ludicrous, right? Yeah. Well, and so. it's also, it's a lot to keep track of too, right? Because it's very vague quest lines. There's no like, go here and do this. Go here and talk mm -hmm. to this person. You have no to listen. No quest log. Yeah, you have to listen to what the characters say. Yeah. Sometimes they give you items or notes and, you know, very rarely notes, actually. I, I do have one right now, though, where I got like a little note hint. Um, So it's good because as long as you really try to do everything you can between main bosses, right? Like once you beat another boss, that is a progression. Right. Yeah. And usually things happen with that progression. Mm -hmm. So there are some quest lines in this game that are way more depth deep than any other Souls game before, require way more steps. Um, I think they spent more time on the actual world um, this time in the actual building because there's some really, really cool quest lines. And again, it rewards you for following up on those things. Um, yeah. So. To mention, you know, we, we can't not mention George R.R. R. Martin of Game of Thrones fame helped right. craft this world, apparently. Right. Uh, I got to tell you, it's just as wacky and weird and makes no sense as all the other Dark Souls games. Um, something about fingers, and uh, that's all I know, is there's fingers and, and hands. and You're not the ashen one. What are you called? The exalted one, or you're the... Uh, tarnished. The tarnished, yeah. So... They're, they're changing it up a little bit. It's still the basic Dark Souls yeah. thing, yeah. but I feel like he was just like, oh, yes, that is uh, Gwingwab the booty chaser. And you're like, ah, oh, yes, Gwingwab the booty chaser. And you yeah. go and kill it, and that's it. But it just, the game has its claws so deep into me, and you really do get, I mean, it's such a time sink, dude. You get lost yeah. doing nothing, uh, really. Yeah. 
uh, any main progression stuff you go here and be like "Ooh, what's that it's like you know what i was thinking to myself last night it's like it's what's like that? the it's like the james woods of video games because like the family guy bit goes you're like "Ooh, piece of candy Ooh, piece yeah. of candy Ooh, piece of candy and then before you know you don't know where the fuck you are and then things start being like oh these things take a lot of hits and then you're like what is that and then you find a snowman in the middle of nowhere and you're like what the fuck is going on and that's the other yeah. thing too which you sent me i think a tweet where it's like when we're co-oping the amount of time we're co-oping is very small right there's like a lot of time where we're just pl doing our own thing to try to get levels or get something specifically and then come back together and you'll be talking about one thing and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about i'll be talking about another thing and you're like what the fuck are you talking about dave will be doing something else you'll be like what's going on dude yeah you know and like th like completely different experiences all at the same time yeah and we're having a completely different experience than someone that's playing completely solo too because they don't have that so they're just like wandering around finding all that stuff on their own so we have a unique experience where we're playing it together. Someone that's playing by themselves might have a completely different, unique experience, and that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's so many different ways to play the game, and I mm -hmm. think that that's, that's really cool. Too. Yeah. Horse combat. Horse in general. Horse, the horse is pretty cool, man. Yeah. And much needed. If there was no horse in this game, yeah. Which don't they, know what to They tell should you. add it to multiplayer. I understand yeah. why they don't, they don't have it. But um, horse combat is awesome. Uh, especially for a spellcaster and for those like world bosses or those random encounters. Yeah. Dude, I beat things that I have no business beating because I can just run around in a circle, cast a spell, cast a spell, keep running, cast a spell, keep running, summon my fucking wolves. You know, it's, yeah. it's good. So they make, they do shoehorn you into certain areas, whether they're dungeons or main areas, and those will kick your ass, right? Mm -hmm. Those are very difficult challenging designed areas for specific reasons but the yeah. open world is pretty forgiving because even if you come across something that is really really challenging you have all of these tools at your disposal and you can address it however you want to to fit your play style right so yeah. if you're like in one of those pigeonholed areas like you said and you keep failing just go explore the open world go back to areas that you think you fully explored because i'm telling you you haven't fully explored it um, I'm finding stuff now in those first areas that we went to because I'm like, oh, I missed this item. I missed this. I missed this. I missed this. And I'm like, I didn't even know this was fucking here. Like something hidden behind a tree. I'm like, where the fuck was this? I've been through here a million times. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing that this game has that's only really doable with an open world is it has different types of bosses. So you'll have open world bosses where you'll just stumble across the, a boss in the middle of a field, right? Then you have dungeon bosses, which are much more like Bloodborne's Chalice dungeons. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have your typical, I don't know the word for it, like a regular Dark Souls boss where you're exploring an area, you get to uh, a certain point, you get a shortcut, and then boom, the boss is there, right? Right. Uh, so there's like the three different types of bosses I would probably label. Mm -hmm. um, and the cool thing is all of them rule, and they're all pretty good. The rewards for the dungeon ones could be better, in my opinion. It's not always great. Uh, especially if like you're not a magic user and you're getting all these spells, you're like, all right, dude, really? Yeah. Uh, but what's really cool is these random bosses that they have in the game that will only come out at night mm -hmm. or, you know, they have certain bosses where you'll fight them in open world and then later it'll be there, but there'll be two of them <laughs> instead of one. Right. So they do really cool things with the bosses in this game. And I've even gotten to the point where, I found an area where the first main boss of the game is there, mm. uh, which I don't understand. I, I ran away because he wasn't even a boss. He was a regular enemy. 
<laughs> and that was terrifying. So yeah, I think yeah. that's one of the coolest parts about exploring is like coming across not just dungeons and stuff, but like coming across bosses. Like I've had a few moments where like I'm yeah. you know, I'm running through a field or I'm traversing the side of this mountain. I'm I freaking they you know the horse has those huge jump points. Dude, mm -hmm. I took one of those. Like I was like, oh, I want to get to that top of the mountain. Oh, there's a jump point. Let me go to that jump point. You go so high. Take that jump point. Went all the way up. I go to the top. There's a fucking huge crater that a comet fell in, and there's a boss in the middle of it. And then I'm in a boss fight. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? He's fucking yeah. shooting stars at me and shit. Like, I, like <laughs> Kevin Hall in the chat says, being able to fight a dragon on a horse was cool as hell. I agree, man. It was so cool. Uh, I remember a dragon spawned and shot fire at me. And I turned my camera around while I was on my horse and started you know, running in the opposite direction. I couldn't see what was in front of me, but I saw the fire like coming closer and closer to the ass of my horse. And it was just such a cool, like cool guys don't look at explosions moment where I'm just like on a horse while there's like fire behind, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was so badass. And honestly, the horse makes combat, like you said, for the magic users easy. It makes a combat way easier for everyone, I think, because even having my great sword and mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm just riding around. And then as soon as it does its, its attack, I slash them and then I just keep going around them in circles. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, it's definitely a really welcome addition to the game. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. I mean, we're playing, you could always pick different builds, right? Mm -hmm. But it, it's usually always favored sword and shield, the mainline Dark Souls games. It favors it, but magic has been OP in the past. Right? Yes, it just took a long time to get uh, good with it, basically. Mm -hmm. um, but this game, from the get-go... I was able to do a lot of damage very quickly. Um, class cannon, of course, but that's the trade-off, right? That's that's how you play it. And now, like, my intelligence is very high. I'm starting to purposely go off and do quest lines and find specific spells or equipment or tools, whatever it might be. But I'm going through areas now, and I'm like, just forget it, dude. I'm obliterating things, and it feels so good. I'll still get, still be dead in one shot, but I can also kill every enemy pretty much in one shot. So, yeah, it's really cool going back to areas that you got your ass kicked in once you level up and yes. you like one shot dudes. It's like yeah. really nice. Yeah, like for example, I forgot yesterday. I didn't beat the. Uh, I did it with you and Dave in your guys' worlds, but I didn't beat the first. Uh, what's his name? The tree. Oh. Sorry, the first, what's his name? The first, uh, what's the horse on the guy? Oh, first. the forest, uh, the tree, uh, tower tree, the tree. Ta um... The tree knight, tower knight. Tree Someone. tower knight. The in the very, like, as soon as you go the out. Horse, there, the horse knight, yeah. Yeah, in the first. I forgot, I didn't go back, I didn't, never went back and beat him. Uh, and not that you need to, he doesn't really give you much. Um, mm. But I went back and beat him, and I, like, four-shot at him. And I was like, hell yes. Spoiler alert, he's the one that I fought where there Tree was... Sentinel. Tree Sentinel. Tree Sentinel. Yeah. He's the one there's gonna be two. Yeah. Guess what? I've I've come across two other versions of him in the game. Was one of them the, the one at night? Yes. And then there's another one with two of the ones at night, but with a new spin on it. <laughs> no way. That's abysmal. Yeah, those those ones <laughs> fucked me up. But um it's so cool. And Every area is designed so well, right? Like, it's your classic super intricate connections. Check your corners. Look at ledges. 
areas yeah. on an open world scale. Yeah. And there are items and whole areas that so many people will miss that have such nice detail and cool enemies and unique items in them. Um, and they they did such a, a good job, man. This game has its claws super deep into me. Um, I, I can't wait to play it every day. I don't know what else to say about it other than it's fucking incredible. I'm with you. Yeah, every time I get a moment of free time, I just want to play it. Uh, it's actually starting to be an issue because my fiance is like, will you spend some time with me after work now? And I'm like, I can't do it, dude. Elden Ring, dude. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to tomorrow night. Uh, she has to go to bed early on Fridays because she works on Saturday mornings. So once she goes to bed tomorrow, dude, I'm just playing Elden Ring all night. Nice. What level are you now, by the way? Couldn't tell you. 50-something? Okay. 60? God, I just hit 100. Yeah, you're bad. I, I'm not going to be able to well, play Well, the thing is, I have... Yes, you are. I have all these spells that needed super high intelligence. like the one. Your that... enemies are going to be so hard to kill for me. No, they're fine. The one that we got from the second boss, that spell, mm -hmm. dude, it required 70 intelligence. Is that the Kamehameha blast, or is it the arrow? I turn into a moon. Oh. Turn you turn into that ball? Turn into that ball that then sends the entire fucking moon projectile at somebody. Dude. I just say 250 inch scaling, all right? Very nice. 100% crit chance. Well, it definitely has the haptic intel seal of approval. Uh, at this point, here's the problem. It's so large in scale, I don't know when I'm going to finish it. Uh, I don't, define finish. Well, that's the thing, right? Because I'm trying to think, like, where would I put it on my list of Dark Souls games if I had to? Like, the Souls games. Where would I put it, right? God. I don't know where I'd put it yet because there's still so much to do. There's still so much to explore. Um, right now, it's definitely in the upper echelon, but it isn't the best yet, in my opinion, because there's been moments in other Souls games that I, mm. there's just even like Bloodborne in general yeah. is so great to me in terms of the theme and the bosses and the what the fuck moments. I think it'll be hard for it to overcome Bloodborne. I think so, too. But it's hard to say because I also I want well, we've spent we both spent probably over 100 hours in Bloodborne, right? I think Easy. Easily. We've, we've beaten that game several times. I still don't have the Platinum. Such a scourge in my fucking record. Um, but, yeah, it's hard, to, it's hard to say, man. All I can say for certain is that I fucking love it. I fucking love Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Yeah, I'm having a really good time with it. I recommend it. And you know what? I'm seeing a lot of, like, new fans to the Souls franchise jump in with Elden Ring, and I think that's awesome. I think... That's the other thing I want the last point, and then we can move on, because I know we don't need to belabor this anymore. It's a good game. People are saying that it's the hardest Dark Souls game. I disagree. I actually think Elden Ring might be a great entry point for somebody who has never played a Soulsborne Sekiro game before. Because there are so many You alright? Soulsborne Kiro, dude. Um less cumbersome elements than those other games have and the challenge is certainly still there absolutely but you have more ways to approach those challenges and yeah. more things to do to help you overcome them 
that I think this would be a great entry point for somebody in the series. And let me tell you right now, you'll learn right quick how you play this game and how you don't play this game. This game does a very good job uh, of really funneling you in to, you know, welcome to a Dark Souls game. Here's how you play. You're going to die as soon as you see an enemy. Yeah, That's how, how it works. How tough are you? You know? You had a bowl of nails for breakfast. It better be not with any milk. Okay. That's right. Salty spittoon. Yeah. All right. Well, check it out. If you haven't played Elden Ring yet, if you haven't purchased it yet, give it a try. If you don't like it, return it or something. I don't know, but it's good. It's great. All right. And time for the last segment of the weekly podcast. Uh, we're going to be doing indie Intel guys. If you don't know what indie Intel is, basically we take usually a video game made by an indie studio and shout it out and give it some love Try to get it some help on Kickstarter. Uh, this one's different. This is a short, uh, not a short film, an indie film, mm-hmm. indie horror film. And what's interesting is the director and writer is a fellow YouTube creator with over 2 million subscribers. Uh, also, a uh, big fan of his work. I know you as well. Huge fan of his his reviews that he does on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be his writing and directorial debut. So yeah. they've, they've feature, also already completed. Feature debut. Yeah, feature debut. They've, they've smashed the Kickstarter yeah. already yeah. Uh, with 23 days left. So they don't really need any help, but if you want to get on the ground level, this is a great place to start. So why don't you tell me about Shelby Oaks? Yeah. So this is something that he was supposed to film. I think last year or during the pandemic, a couple of things happened. He did secure some funding, but he didn't secure enough funding to protect, like, you know, he'd have to compromise his vision. He would have to do things in certain ways. And basically, he went back and forth, and he finally came out a few weeks ago, and he was like, listen, I wasn't going to do this. I don't want to do it, but I need some additional funding to help me make the movie that I want to make. So I don't. he doesn't have to make any concessions, basically. So um, uh, Shelby Oaks is going to be set and filmed in Ohio in partnership with Paper Street Pictures. Shelby Oaks will be Chris Tuckman's directing de- feature directing debut and first feature based on an original script also written by Chris Stuckman. So it is going to be shot as a traditional feature, but with some elements of found footage, uh, which we're both big fans of Shelby Oaks is a horror film about a missing paranormal investigators, the paranormal paranoid says they're called the dark legacy they uncovered and the far reaching effects their investigation has as Mia search. I'm assuming the main character searches for her sister, Riley, the lead paranormal investigator 12 years later, as Mia uncovers new and disturbing leads. Hang on. I forgot to play the what's going on. Everyone little trailer behind me as we speak as mia uncovers new and disturbing leads related to riley's disappearance she uncovers evidence of a hidden supernatural evil dating all the way back to her and riley's childhood so as you mentioned brett like they smashed their goal their two hundred fifty thousand dollar goal they're at two hundred eighty three thousand over two hundred eighty three thousand almost two hundred eighty four thousand at the time of recording this and at the time of recording this they have 23 days to go so probably less if you're not watching this live um so they smashed it, but I've been following this project for a while and listening to Chris talk about it for a while. Um, and you know, when he announced the Kickstarter a few weeks ago, I signed up to be notified when it came out, it came out. I looked at the tiers and I was like, all right, I backed it. So I backed this at the $75 tier. Um, what do you yeah, get? Yeah. Uh, you get a physical Blu-ray of the movie, uh, a poster behind the scenes stuff, a bunch of other things. Um, the tier there's other tiers before that you could do like as little of five dollars and stuff like that but um so this i mean i'm just i i like this project I like the sound of it we're fans of indie horror and i think it's good uh it's something good to support and chris 
specifically when he speaks about it, you can tell how passionate he is. So I'm going to bring up two things that I think are really special about this, this project. So I don't know as much as about Shelby Oaks as you, but one thing I do know a lot about is the paranormal paranoids. Are you familiar with the paranormal paranoids, Josh? I'm not actually. So this is actually the thing that interests me the most about this project is the inclusion of the paranormal paranoids. So for those that don't know, and Josh, you're now, I now know that you are one of those people that don't yeah. know. It was a YouTube series mm. uh, back when YouTube was still pretty young, actually. And it was a group of friends and they went and did paranormal investigations. Uh, it was shot and it was found footage and it was shot like it was real. Like it wasn't scripted. It wasn't fake. It, it, they came across as very real people. Mm-hmm. And they were a group of friends. They just went out and did paranormal stuff. Well, increasingly, as the episodes went on, more paranormal stuff started happening in the background of the videos. Mm. Um, Kind of like something that you and I have been writing, Josh. Yeah. Uh, I took a lot of inspiration from the paranormal paranoids, if I'm being honest Mm. with some of my ideas here. Uh, And eventually, it would almost take on an ARG-like feel where people would be talking about the paranormal paranoids on forums and in the comment section like do they not realize that that thing's behind them right now like what the hell's going on hmm. and eventually the last video that would be uploaded on the paranormal paranoids channel uh would be something very fucking spooky happening and the main character uh riley seemingly being killed or hmm. taken away or kidnapped right so what's that's what's really interesting about this to me is that he's taking a property that has been online he he himself made it on youtube and now he's taking a story from that same platform and he's turning it into a feature length fit a feature length film it almost reminds me of the blair witch project and the newer movie the blair witch that came out where they take an old thing and they make it new they give it a sequel kind of thing continue that story right uh so i'm really excited to to see where the story of the paranormal paranoids goes in shelby oaks and if you want to know more about uh, paranormal paranoids dark or night mind on youtube covered it and actually did a whole video series about paranormal paranoids and and all the creepy stuff that happens in the background so you don't have to go and watch the actual youtube videos you can simply just watch uh, night mind's video and he'll kind of detail the whole thing for you catch you up to speed yeah well and then on top of that there's one more thing i want to mention josh the kickstarter if you're interested in how movies are made and you yeah. want to learn more this Kickstarter is perfect for you because Chris is going to be taking every single aspect of the filmmaking process for Shelby Oaks and making it available for you to watch as well. Yeah. And that's the other thing that interests me about it too, is seeing how now this is going to be a little bit of a larger budget indie movie. Not really. I mean, he's probably making this for less than a million dollars, but it's going to be cool to see that. And that's something that he is clearly very passionate about because he is, you know, he started his YouTube channel because he made and fell in love with movies as a kid, right? When he was younger yep. and made fan films of like Indiana Jones and stuff like that. And then he reviewed movies for a long time. I've followed him for a long time and he's always talked about wanting to make a movie. He loves mm-hmm. horror specifically. That is his genre, horror and anime, right? So I always kind of felt that because both of you and I also, you know, horror is like, our favorite genre. So it's cool that he is going to share and give back, you know, along that journey with everybody else in hopes of probably inspiring 
others and you know hopefully helping others make what they want to make too so absolutely well i don't have anything else to say except i hope uh it's good i hope it doesn't turn out to be a steaming pile of garbage <laughs> um i see this kind of being this is what makes me worried like i said it reminds me of blair witch mm-hmm. but also it reminds me of marble hornets mm-hmm. if you remember they, they made a motion picture off of marble hornets and it turned out to be absolutely awful yeah and i hope it doesn't turn into that but um i'm really hoping that it turns out good for yeah. chris and for for everybody yeah well we wish them best of luck if you're interested in checking it out or back in kickstarter and getting in on some of those rewards um links will be in the description uh so check it out shelby oaks chris stuffman that's it that's all we got well ladies and gentlemen it's gonna do it for happy Tales happy cast this week um we talked about a lot of cool stuff this week we talked about Resident Evil. We talked about Elden Ring. We talked about Shelby Oaks, a new film by Chris Stuckman. Uh, we talked about the Ukraine and Russia and what's going on in the gaming world because of that conflict. Um, and as we mentioned, or as I mentioned, hopefully we'll be able to do some kind of a charity stream where we can raise some money for the people of Ukraine as they have very close ties to uh, Josh here. So. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you would like to say before we wrap up this episode, my friend? We have Birch. Links in the description. Follow hey, Birch. us. Merch. Birch. 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 Birch beer. Uh, follow us on all of our socials. Make sure you like. Make sure you comment. Make sure you subscribe. We have an unclaimed baggage on the horizon. Uh, not to be uh, mistaken with Horizon Forbidden West. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and other than that, Slava Ukraini. That's it. I don't know what you said, but I agree. Glory to Ukraine. All right, well, thank you everybody for watching. We appreciate it, and we'll suck you off next week. Oh, no. So what did you say in Ukrainian? Slavo Ukraine. Slavo? Slava. Slava. Slava? Slava. Ukraini. Ukraini. Slava Ukraini. Yeah, something like that. I didn't really use the soundboard too much this week, so I'm kind of... Yeah, my Ukraine's a little, uh... Ukrainian is a little, uh... Rusty. Hello? You're just getting all out now? Oh, no! You gotta use that one more. Oh, no! Are you sure about that? Oh my god. <laughs>